Those same individuals bring that same mindset into their relationship with their husbands or their wives or their kids, kids. who are appropriately emotional. Those kids, they learn growing up, it's not okay to express emotions right. and it can affect how they grow up as children. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, why first responders have a higher divorce rate. This will be a good one. Okay, here we go. Alrighty. So what are we talking about this time? I always pay attention to themes that kind of come into my life. And in the last two weeks, I've probably had the same conversation six times. And that is talking with someone who is in a first responder occupation and the impact that that has on their relationship or the mentality, why they end up having marriage struggles and marriage difficulties. It's actually a a unique phenomenon for people who are in first responders. And it's both male and female who are in first responders. Sure. So a first responder is someone who has a job to go into a crisis situation and to handle it, to fix it. So that would be uh, policemen, firemen, EMTs, nurses, doctors, and military. Each one of those people are called to walk into highly stressful, highly traumatic, highly emotionally charged situations and bring calm, bring problem solving, bring task oriented so that they can literally save a life. Right. Usually there is a life and death situation at hand. Sure. And it requires a certain type of both personality and training to be able to do that type of occupation because to do that job, you are required to turn off a part of your emotional brain. You have to, as a first responder, be able to compartmentalize. You need to put your own feelings and thoughts about the situation on the back burner and get into the problem-solving, task-oriented, life-saving presence Right. where you can look at something horrific and not be affected by it. Ooh, that's why I'm not in any of those. <laughs> yeah. It is someone not- just sneezes wrong and I gag. Yeah. Someone looks at me with tears in their eyes and I am done. Yep. You have a difficult time compartmentalizing your emotional state. Yes. But some people are very good at it. Sure. And it is an incredibly wonderful skill to have. I am so thankful that when I am in distress and I'm, I need some sort of help, I can call somebody and they will come and have a level head right. and be able to offer objective reactions and, and responses to whatever situation I need help with so that I can be cared for in that right. moment. It's a, it's a gift. Right. So like when you uh, slice off your finger with an ax practically yes. and you come tell your wife to take care of you and your wife can feel the blood draining from her face yep. and her finger hurts super bad and yep. she's more busy squeezing her <laughs> finger so it won't hurt because your finger is hurt. Yeah. It's a good thing that I'm not your doctor because... Yes. I would not be able to fix you up. <laughs> it's hard to stitch me up with your eyes closed. Yes. <laughs> you might stitch my fingers together. Yes, exactly. And that would not be a good thing. Exactly. So, so. this is a wonderful gift that, and skill that a lot of people have developed and, and are just naturally good at because right. of their personality. Now, here's the problem. 
those same individuals bring that same mindset into their relationship with their husbands or their wives or their kids, kids. who are emotional, appropriately emotional, when their kiddo loses their toy and they get upset about it. If that EMT, if that first responder, if that police officer or fireman or military person brings that same problem-solving, emotionally detached mindset and response to their little girl, their, their, their son, who is now emotionally distraught, and they don't have the availability to empathize, to connect, to be soft and tender, to allow those emotional states to be there, right. then those kids end up feeling hurt and misunderstood and dismissed and they learn growing up it's not okay to express emotions right and it can affect how they grow up as children when their wives when a first responder's wife is upset because of just normal upsetness in life and that husband doesn't offer any empathy doesn't have the skill set to be able to step into that emotional state with her and experience those emotions with her if he's just in that problem solving, how do we fix this? Or even trying to diffuse yeah, the emotions. Exactly. Stop crying. It's not so, that bad. So that you can get to a rational mind so we can figure this out. Exactly. When you get into that box three mentality of how do we just fix this? How do I solve this? Because again, that skill set's worked out really good two hours ago when I was on shift right. and now I'm at home and I have to use an entirely different skill. A lot of first responders don't have that second skill set of that empathy. They don't understand and how to validate and empathize well. And again, it's not a character flaw. That's what we want to point out here. This right. isn't, it doesn't make them a bad person, but it is a skill set, just like being able to bandage a wound or extract someone from a vehicle that's, you know, all mangled. That's a skill set you've learned. Right. Learning how to empathize and validate at the appropriate time, how to turn off your brain from work mode, first responder mode, and get into relationship mode right. is an essential skill set for every first responder and every military personnel out there to learn how to master. Because if you don't, you're going to be going through relationships much faster than you want to. Right. That's why there's a disproportionate amount of divorce and lost relationships within that occupation. Yeah. If you study the numbers, a lot of policemen have a higher divorce rate, a lot of firemen, a lot of doctors, a lot of military, higher divorce rates. And I am gonna state right now that I believe this is the reason why, because those first responders have not been able to master the second skill. Right. And that's actually why we get to do this podcast and that's yeah. why we offer our classes and our courses online is to be able to introduce some of these skill sets to this subset of people in these types of jobs here so that they can go, oh, that's what it looks like. Right, exactly. Oh, okay. I think I can do that. Or they could email us and ask us a question so that we can provide a kind of a little tutorial for them personally on how to become better at empathizing, validating right. and understanding. And again, every husband, every wife, every spouse needs to learn how to do these things. But for people in the first responder occupation, I think that they have one extra hurdle to, to do yes, because for sure. that's not playing to their strengths. The first responder mindset is actually playing to their strengths. They actually sometimes, unfortunately, see people who are emotional, whether it's their spouse or whether it's their friend, anybody who is emotional, they almost look down on them. They have almost a superiority of... Right. 
suck it up, Nancy, pull up your big girl panties and just move on. Right. And if you can't do that, then what kind of man are you or what kind of person are you? You know, life is hard and then you die. It's that it's that mentality right. that you'll hear over and over again. And while I understand it, that's not life. No. It's appropriate for human beings to go, I want to be emotionally present and I want to get the most out of this experience, whether that is painful emotions or pleasant emotions. I want to feel deeply and be connected and engaged in the present with my emotions right now. This is actually where a lot of PTSD comes from as well, because these first responders, these military vets who are coming back off the battlefield have had to compartmentalize, have had to stuff down their human responses to seeing horrific things. And their brain is now going, okay, you're off that battlefield. Let's go deal with that. So we're going to give you really bad dreams. We're going to give you nightmares. We're going to have these flashbacks come back. We want you to be able to deal with this in ways that human beings are supposed to, which is, I can't believe that I've seen this. This is horrific. Um, My stomach is sick. I hate this. But again, these guys, these vets, men and women, guys in a neutral term, but these people who have experienced this, when they start to feel those feelings, again, their brain goes, you're not allowed to feel these things. You're not in this anymore. What's your problem? Just get over it. Right. And that's not how it works. Yeah. We, we have to integrate those emotional human responses into our daily lives so that we can maintain our humanity. Yeah. We're supposed to feel. We're supposed to connect and empathize with other human beings. We do it naturally. Sometimes even if we don't even want to, we just do it naturally. Yeah. If I hear a good story and in the middle of it, the storyteller starts to emote, they have some sort of anger response or crying, my brain, my mirror neurons. Yeah. Put you in that same I emotional get all teary. state. Yes. For there's, sure. there's a few animated movies out there that I still cry at every time. And I know it's coming and I can see it coming. And there's certain phrases that they say and I can still get choked up around it. Yeah. I used to fight it. I used to try not to experience that. And I finally said, wait a second. No, I'm connecting to some part of the story. Even though it's an animated movie, it's still connecting to something in my humanity. Right. That I absolutely want to be soft in. Right. As a human being. And eventually you just get tired of being embarrassed or worrying about what the people around you think. And it's just like, oh, the freedom that that brings. It's like, okay, I felt that. Now I just move on. Yeah. I'm watching a movie and I'm crying. My kids are looking over at me and they're giggling. Yeah. Okay. They're going to giggle. But they've never been mean about it. They've never been inappropriate about it. But, you know, they get to give me a hard time because they're my kids. That's, That's one of their rights and privileges. So, again, I've had a chance to talk with several first responders over the last two weeks here, and we've actually had uh, some people write in who are in the military and first responder kind of occupations. And so I wanted to speak to you guys, you people, specifically today. If you're hearing this and you are in one of those occupations, number one, thank you so much for the work that you do. Absolutely. We couldn't live life without you. We are genuinely appreciative of your ability to do that. And additionally, you have permission 
to feel. You have permission to not always be strong and always hold it together. You have permission to engage in a different modality with life around you. And we want you to hear it first from us. Maybe it's first from us. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times from someone else. And now this podcast is going to be the time you actually go, wait a second, if Paul and Shannon are allowed to do this, then maybe I'm allowed to do this too. Right. As a mental health provider, since I did that for 18 years, uh, I fell victim to that as well. I had to compartmentalize. And if I didn't re-engage with my emotions and my humanity at certain times and do some self-care around that, I was a very poor mental health provider. Yeah. And so this is someone who's been in the field encouraging other people who are in the field to give themselves permission to be humans. Yep. Does that make sense? It does. That was a good one. That was a really good one to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode, everybody. We really appreciate you and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.